Today we're going to hear two scripture readings. Uh, the first is from the prophet Isaiah, and it's a word of hope to a people in exile. This was written to the people in Jerusalem who had been exiled during the Babylonian invasion. They are uh, far from home, having left the security of their own city, their own homes, uh, the temple, and now they are in a foreign land. And as we'll hear in our scripture, there is a word of comfort and hope that God has not forgotten them, that God promises them and holds out a vision uh, for a world where all will have food and shelter and security and connection. In our second reading, we're going to hear a challenging parable from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, we are continuing in the narrative lectionary, and this is a parable that appears in a series of three about uh, wealth. And uh, in this parable, we're going to hear two extremes, a wealthy man who has more than he knows what to do with, alongside a poor man uh, who has nothing, and basically how their roles are reversed in the afterlife. And although you're going to hear language like Hades, hell, torment, flames, this is not actually a story about eternal punishment. Uh, rather, it's a story that I think invites us to think about how we live today and how the wealth that we experience can be a barrier to connection with others or it can be a tool for helping to bring about healing and wholeness. So let us listen for the word of God. A reading from the book of Isaiah. God also says, when the time's ripe, I answer you. When victories do, I help you. I form you and use you to reconnect the people with me, to put the land in order, to resettle families on ruined properties. I tell prisoners, come on out, you're free. And those huddled in fear, it's all right, it's safe now. There'll be food stands along all the roads, picnics on the hills, nobody hungry, nobody thirsty, shade from the sun, shelter from the wind, for the compassionate one guides them, takes them to the best springs. I'll make all my mountains into roads, turn them into a superhighway. Look, these coming from far countries and those out of the north these streaming in from the west and those from all the way down the Nile. And a reading from the book of Luke. Jesus taught. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades, where he was being tormented. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, 
remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, so that they will not also come into this place of torment, I beg you to send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have four bro five brothers, and he may warn them. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Friends, today we have an opportunity to hear from one of our national officers, uh, the Reverend Dr. Karen Georgia Thompson, who is the Associate General Minister of Wider Church Ministries and Co-Executive of Global Ministries for the United Church of Christ. And uh, she has offered a sermon today for all of those churches who are receiving the One Great Hour of Sharing special offering, as One Great Hour of Sharing is under the umbrella of Wider Church Ministries. And so uh, Reverend Thompson will be preaching about the Isaiah text today, but I just wanted to share a few words about the Luke text since we have been journeying with Luke and the narrative lectionary through this Lent. Um, so this text is an interesting and I think challenging parable about uh, wealth in our society and in our lives. And uh, you heard Jesus sort of give two extremes, uh, a rich man who has the finest clothes and undergarments and feasts sumptuously every day, and uh, the other extreme, Lazarus, who doesn't even have enough skin to cover the sores on his body. And in the parable, there is a deep divide between rich and poor, a divide that lasts into the afterlife and essentially becomes a chasm where um, the rich man uh, still continues to serve or to think of Lazarus as a servant, uh, commands him to come and, and uh, take care of him, uh, still is unable to see Lazarus as a fellow human being. And uh, there's part of this text that really challenges us to think about the ways in which wealth uh, blinds us to the need that is in the world around us. Um, that wealth and privilege and just the way we live our lives renders some people invisible to us. And in other cases, like probably more likely in this parable, um, the rich man sees Lazarus but doesn't do anything to alleviate his suffering. Uh, maybe because he doesn't know how to, maybe because he doesn't want to, maybe because he sees this as the zero-sum game that if he gives something up, there'll be uh, nothing left as there's only so much to go around. And yet what this parable, I think, challenges us to think about is that interconnectedness of all life. 
to see that the life of the rich man and the poor man are interwoven, that we are all Abraham's children, we are all beloved of God, and we are called to close the gaps, close the chasms that divide us from each other. Uh, there's a reason that Lazarus was placed at the gates of the rich man because the rich man was the one with the capacity to help. If only he would choose to do so. And so I think for us, as we're in our Lenten journey, thinking about a new way forward, and as we've just been through this year that has really pulled back the veil on injustice and inequity in our world, I wonder how God might be calling us to a new way forward, a new way of uh, using our own wealth and privilege, not as an excuse for blindness, but rather as an invitation to um, see the perspectives of others, to build broader practices of generosity, to try to figure out ways that we can take action individually and as a church to alleviate more of the suffering of the world. And to just listen to how we can break down the barriers, close the chasms, and really celebrate and work to uh, build up that interconnectedness that we experience in God. One of the things that uh, I and we who've been in the Lenten study have been learning about um, anti-racist biblical interpretation is also to read the scripture through the cultural lens of others. And um, for this passage about the rich man and Lazarus, there's a Nigerian theologian, Olubiwi uh, Adewale, who wrote an article that, that said not only does this um, text encourage him as uh, a Nigerian and African to take care of his African siblings who are poor, but he also said it's a veiled warning to the Western church, which seems, he says, quote, complacent and unruffled about the plight of their covenant siblings in Africa and by extension into the world. And so there's a way that this text challenges us, uh, denominationally, as the Western church, to think about how we care for our global siblings. And that's what we're going to hear about today in Dr. Thompson's sermon. Um, she will help us remember our call as global siblings and talk about how one great hour of sharing specifically uh, helps to alleviate suffering around the world. Um, she will share a bunch of statistics in her sermon. Uh, so just know that that's coming. And a couple come kind of fast, so I just wanted to uh, highlight a few for you. First, she's going to cite a World Bank uh, statistical forecast that in 2020 said there would be 88 to 115 million more people pushed into extreme poverty. This brings it up to a total of 729 million people, or 9% of the world's population. Um, and extreme poverty is defined as someone who lives on less than a dollar and 90 cents a day. So that's 9% of the world's population living on less than a dollar and 90 cents a day. And then another statistics that she will quote is about migrants. And she says in 2020, due to pandemic and climate change and violence, there was an increase of 9 million migrants worldwide. That's basically twice the state population of Oregon. 
and that that brings the total up to um, 281 million worldwide or 3.5% of the world's population. So 3.5% of the world's population is on the move. Most of us don't see this in our daily life. Many of us don't even think about this on our daily life. Um, but it can be helpful to remember that on a global scale, we are, as a church uh, and as a community, really among the rich people of the world. And so how can we um, use our wealth as a way to alleviate poverty and suffering? How can we build bridges and relationships? Uh, how can we understand this connectedness? and work to continue uh, to nurture that global kingdom of God. Uh, Karen will give us one way in this uh, one great hour of sharing opportunity, but may we continue to listen uh, for more ways that we can serve and share. Uh, let us listen to Karen Georgia Thompson. The text for today is from Isaiah chapter 49, verses 8 through 12. The text is a prophetic word brought to a people in exile. They were a people in need of hope, a people longing for change in the world as they knew it, a people hoping for God to intervene and be present with them in their time of adversity. To them, the prophet brings a word of encouragement and hope. The prophet wrote, thus says the Lord in a time of favor I have answered you. Or, as Eugene Peterson translates in the message, when the time's ripe, I answer you. I want to suggest we are living through a ripe time, a time when we need to let love flow. We have this quaint phrase in the English language, when the time is ripe. This is not the condition of fruit. When we say the time is ripe, that means it is the right time for something. And in this case, the prophet says, when the time is ripe, God will answer. When the time is right, the response the people are seeking will come. When the time is right, God will be revealed as present and care for the needs of the people. If ever there was a ripe time, that time is now. 2020 was extremely challenging for many. This time of COVID-19 awakened the world to the presence of pandemics among us, including this deadly virus. This time begs our attention to the many whose lives are adversely affected by conditions that blight their prospects and diminish their ability to live in the fullness of human dignity and with full human rights. COVID-19 garnered our attention in ways nothing has in our lifetime. This virus has captured the attention of the world for over a year. The numbers of the dead continue to climb as does the numbers of those who have been infected with this deadly virus. COVID-19 is a part of our lives and yet it is only a part of the story a part of the challenge for our present and perhaps for our future. And it is one of the many justice issues that demands our concern and attention 
along with the ways in which it intersects with injustices that have already been present among us. The people in exile were living away from their homeland. They were victims of war and the disbursement of people by the Babylonian empire. A person in exile is barred from their country of origin, typically for political reasons. In this case, the exiles were dispersed. Many of them were of the elite, the leaders of the day, the learned, the political leaders, the religious leaders who were shipped out to diminish the possibility that their leadership would perhaps influence the people and push them away from the reality of the harshness of what it meant to be an oppressed people who were colonized. This idea of exile is strange for many of us, and yet the terms and conditions exist for a significant part of the world's population. According to the World Bank, many people who had barely escaped poverty, and that is extreme poverty, could be forced back into it by the convergence of COVID-19, conflict, and climate change. A now cast, which is a preliminary estimate for 2020, incorporating the effects of COVID-19 pandemic, projected that an additional 88 to 115 million people would be pushed into extreme poverty, bringing the total to between 703 million and 729 million people living in extreme poverty. They suggest that the new poor will probably be more urban than the chronic poor. That these new poor will be more engaged in informal services and manufacturing and less so in agriculture. These new poor will live in congested urban settings and work in the sectors most affected by lockdowns and mobility restrictions. While poverty has always been a part of our global challenges, the presence of COVID-19 has exacerbated the problem. This is true for many other issues as well. We are also seeing more people on the move than ever before. The global movement of people is at an all-time high in spite of the pandemic. People are on the move because of climate change, poverty, war, famine, drought, rising seawaters, natural disasters and politics. In January of 2020, the World Economic Forum estimated that there were 272 million international migrants. That is 3.5% of the world's population. And while most people leave their homes for work, millions have been driven away due to conflict violence and climate change. By mid-year 2020, the number rose to 281 million people. An estimated 48% of those are women. 12% are children under the age of 18. By the end of 2019, there were an estimated total of 26 million refugees and 4.2 million asylum seekers worldwide. An estimated 33.4 million people 
included 8.5 million due to conflict and 24.9 million due to disasters. Those were newly displaced, 33.4% newly displaced persons in 2019 within their own countries and territories. Additionally, there were more than 40,000 migrant deaths and disappearances. It is dangerous to be on the move. It is unsafe. These were recorded globally from 2014 to 2020. And as of the 25th of January of this year, of 2021, 167 people have already lost their lives. Your gifts to the One Great Hour of Sharing Special Mission Offering are a vital part of the effort to address these and many other issues and their intersections. Working collaboratively with partners around the world, we are able to be a part of the global solution to these issues. By ourselves, no one of us, no individual, no individual denomination, no individual country is able to be a single part of the solution. By ourselves, no one of us can make a dent in these global issues. However, together, we are stronger than, than ever when we let love flow. The offering supports the ministries of the United Church of Christ provided through wider church ministries. These programs in global ministries and global hope are focused on sustainable development, refugee and migration ministries, and natural disasters. We are partnered with over 290 faith-based partners in over 90 countries through global ministries. Working with these partners, we support their efforts on the ground to address the challenges in their communities. As followers of Jesus, we are called to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. This call to love is about our ability to change the world. We have the ability to make a difference. You are a part of the solution in this relationship of mutuality globally. The words of the prophet in the book of Isaiah are for us in this moment of global pandemics, a time in which we need to bring a word of hope to the world. We are the action needed to produce the change we want to see. Listen again to the words of the prophet for today. When the time's ripe, I answer you. When victory's due, I help you. I form you and use you to reconnect the people with me, to put the land in order, to resettle families on the ruined properties. I tell prisoners, come on, you're free. And those huddled in fear, it's all right, it's safe now. There'll be food stands along all the roads, picnics on all the hills, nobody hungry, nobody thirsty, shade from the sun, shelter from the wind, for the compassionate one guides you, takes them, to the best springs. The compassionate one is guiding, guiding us, guiding those who are in need and is calling us to love. 
This love compels us as Christians to answer the call for us to attend to the reality of people in the world for whom the quality of life is reduced through no fault of their own. They are survivors of war, natural disasters, individuals living in poverty, and in some cases, they are the products and victims of unjust political systems. When you give to the One Great Hour Sharing Offering, you are reconnecting God's people to God. When you give to the offering, you are ensuring that families can be resettled in safety. When you give to the One Great Hour Sharing Offering, you will let love flow. The love of God that is given to us that we extend to our neighbors because we love God. The time is ripe, my siblings, to let love flow. Amen.